Almost Awakened podcast, a no-nonsense approach to spirituality with your hosts, Brittany Hartley and Bill Reed. Here we dive deep into the wisdom traditions while acknowledging insightful breakthroughs in science, psychology, and human development. Our goal is to explore the good life and the very best of spirituality, no-nonsense required. Check us out at almostawaken.org, where you can check out past episodes, make a donation, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources we shared. And now, today's podcast episode. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Almost Awakened podcast. I'm sitting here with my friend, Finn. Finn, how are you doing today? Hey, great, Bill. How are you doing? Excellent. So, uh, today's conversation is going to involve conscious altering tools, and, and I'm going to talk about these at a depth that uh, we've never done before on the Almost Awakened podcast, even though we have touched on this subject. Uh, we really, both of us, Finn and I, both uh, believe that these tools are deeply helpful to human development and people becoming better human beings and, and developing the the healthy attitudes and uh, mechanisms to, to be able to handle an adult life on the second half of life, as Richard Rohr would say. And so we've got a bunch of things kind of to hit into before we kind of jump into some conversation. The first thing I want to do is put up a disclaimer. Uh, this website does not provide medical advice. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 9-11 immediately. Yeah. All information contained on this website is for educational or informative use only and does not claim to be an authority. You should not construe the publication of this content as an endorsement by Mormon Discussion Incorporated or the Almost Awakened podcast of the views expressed herein or any warranty or guarantee of any strategy, recommendation, treatment, action, or application of medication or preparation made by the author of the content. This site does not claim any medical status and does not provide medical advice, but rather basic information. The content of this site is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Mormon Discussion Incorporated or the Almost Awakened podcast is not engaged in rendering medical services or advice via this website, and the information provided is not intended to replace medical advice offered by a physician. If you desire or need such services or advice, you should consult a professional healthcare provider. The site does not endorse any specific drug therapy, brand, company, or associated website. Choosing a drug therapy is an important choice that must be made carefully between doctor and patient. All specific information regarding any medication should come directly from a physician specializing in such all information regarding any of the medications mentioned in this site is strictly for basic information and educational purposes. This site does not endorse the use and or possession of any illegal drugs. The information contained in this website regarding legal or illegal drug use is not any endorsement of any such use. The legality of any drug or medication falls to the judicial system for determination and not this website or podcast. This website must be explicit about what an individual chooses to do regarding this specific issue and any such choice is strictly their own personal decision. It is important that whatever an individual decides to do regarding this matter, they must inform their doctor of anything taken that could affect treatment, whether legal or illegal. And I'll just say here, Finn, that's a bunch of words, but I'm going to cover my ass. So yep, disclaim, yeah, be thorough. The episode is for information purposes only. Please consult a physician and seek professional medical advice as we are not physicians or experts of anything. Please be aware. <laughs> 
that these drugs are illegal in at least some states. Uh, please be sure you follow local, state, and federal laws, uh, as well as if you choose to do some of these things in other countries where they are available or legal. With all that said, any thoughts on just the disclaimer? Hey, absolutely. We are a couple of basic bitches. We're just going to talk about some things and that we've seen that was helpful for us. And for me, it's just a conversation we've had in, in mm. uh, the last few years and bringing it to everyone here. Love it. Love it. So Finn has been a friend of mine for multiple years. When I came uh, out here to uh, Southern Utah, I was touched by there were a number of people who were just having a, a huge impact in the area trying to help people out who were deconstructing unhealthy religious systems and exiting for just for uh, the facts to exiting mormonism but uh meeting finn and spending a lot of time with him he's just he's a really good guy we've had him on the podcast before we talked did an episode early on uh, in the almost awakened podcast reggae, talking, about, right? talking about music yeah and so Finn has been somebody that I've really uh, I've experienced a lot of life out here in Southern Utah with and really appreciate his perspective. So we'll see how this conversation goes. So why are we talking about uh, why are we talking about drugs? I think they can be massively helpful. You know, when when you talk about why, why not? You know, I think we're hopefully going to go through it enough to to just realize that these aren't scary. These aren't things that we were taught were scary. Almost every time I've done a drug bill, I was like, that is not what I was taught. It was going to no. be, you know, like yeah. every time I was like, whoa, this is way different than I grew up believing it was going to be. Yeah. So take some scariness out of it and, and put out some warnings and some funny stories, hopefully, and, and be entertaining doing it educationally. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're super excited to, to have this conversation because as you're pointing out, Finn, the world told us a certain story about these things. And then when you do them, the experience is night and day different. So I want to talk for a moment about some of the progress that has happened in the world at large on some of these things. Um, we've had, you and I both had serious exposure to these tools. I, I deeply believe they're a positive experience as well. And most people that, um, for positive experience for most people, and it gives them additional tools and perspectives that allows them significant growth. Um, states are beginning to legalize these things. I think cannabis is legal either medically or recreationally mm -hmm. in about two-thirds of the United States at this point. Um, I know that uh, shrooms are available, I think, in like five states. Colorado, I think, was the first to do it. Um, but there is, let's see here, it was uh, all of, I'm sorry, five, six states and the District of Columbia ketamine therapy, which they're doing in Utah now. Yeah, yeah, I know a few people have done it. And, and that seems to be super helpful for the folks who are doing that. Massively, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so as these things are beginning to become legal, we thought we would give you kind of an introduction to these substances, talk about each of them, the ones that have really been impactful uh, that we've seen either in Friends or um, we've read about, saw somewhere, or perhaps done ourselves. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I want to note here, we'll put up on the screen. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about, let me get rid of this. The first thing I want to talk about here is Michael Poland's How to Change Your Mind. And Michael was a uh, like a food expert. I think he did like uh, cook cooking type books right, and, yeah. and food type prep books. And his dad came down with a terminal illness. And uh, at the same time, he just took up this interest in conscious altering tools. 
And so he wrote a book, How to Change Your Mind, which you've read. Yep. Your thoughts on the book? Loved it. Um, I actually cried when I read it. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I, I first did LSD like five, six years ago, mm. six years ago now. And no one in our friend group had done it. And so this book came out and I had no one to talk through it with yeah. because it's like very hard to understand if you've never done it. Right. And so reading this book, Michael Pollan has done it. And so it was just very connecting on a human level, like, oh, so good. Such a good book. I've recommended it to a bunch of people too. And they, they've all really loved it. And in fact, I heard that Netflix is picking it up and has they picked are, it up. Yes, right? they are. And they're doing a movie about it. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, and reading the book, my experience was deeply positive as well. I think Michael is the first person to take these tools in uh, a wide exposure to the general public and put it in a way that just the average lay person could understand what's being spoken about. And he talks about the various substances. He talks about their chemical makeup, uh, what the what the experience would be like, what the dosage would be. Uh, and if he did it himself, he shares his own personal experience. Mm -hmm. And most of the drugs he talks about in the book, he did try and do. There were a few that he didn't get his hands on, MDMA being one of those, uh, which we'll talk about here a little bit. But if you want an entry-level conversation with how the world is beginning to see these tools as useful, I would highly recommend, Finn would highly recommend, How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. And then there's another book which is a little more controversial. Have you read Carl Hart's book? No, I have not read this drug use for grown-ups. He's on the Joe Rogan show. Uh, Rogan interviews him, and he's a um, – let me make sure I get this right. He's Columbia University professor of psychology and psychiatry, and he zealously argues that drug use should be a matter of personal choice and that in more cases than not, personal choice can lead to positive outcomes. His positions may seem quite extreme to some, but they are also by and large make a lot of sense and are backed up by ample research. He makes the argument backed by research that once a person establishes they are responsible in managing their adult life, they almost assuredly can and will act responsibly in their use of drugs. And so as him and Rogan are talking, he says, look, there's a certain percentage of uh, the country of the world that would become addicted to drugs in an unhealthy way. Mm -hmm. He says those people are usually first in poverty to begin with. So they have a sense of hopelessness. Yeah. They have um, mental challenges like schizophrenia or depression. A lot of folks, for instance, homeless folks who already suffer with those things tend to find drugs as an outlet. He says that if you can prepare people, if you can just teach people to be responsible, if they already establish, a degree of responsibility in their life. They get up, they go to work, they show up at their job, they do the things they need to do, they pay their bills, that there wouldn't be, there would be very little unhealthy addictive use of drugs. They would only be a positive self-medication and a tool um, for adult development. Yeah, I know he makes a great case of, of any drug can be done responsibly. It's not really the drug, but it's trauma that adds to addiction. And, and I believe that 100%. I, I think he makes a great case. I've, I've heard him on podcasts and on interviews and stuff. I have not read this book because I felt like I kind of got what he was putting putting out, and I believe what he's putting out. I, I really do believe that. I I'm I am that. I I didn't touch any drugs until I was late into my thirties, 
where I was kind of established, where mm-hmm. I did have a wife and kids and, and, you know, not big traumas or big depression in my life. So that's a good disclaimer right there too. If, if you know, do some therapy alongside these can be really helpful. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And, and there's a ton of research. Um, Carl Hart on the Rogan show, Rogan pushes back and he says, come on, Carl, there, there's these hard drugs like uh, heroin, yeah, uh, cocaine, right. um, uh, meth. And Carl Hart stops Rogan in his tracks and he says, whoa, whoa, hold on a minute. I'm using meth and heroin practically daily. Right. He's a functioning meth and heroin user. African-American professor at Columbia University's professor of psychology and psychiatry. The guy's hitting it out of the park. Yeah. And again, the data he shares is that we humans could easily, if taught responsibly and show to be responsible, could use these conscious altering tools responsibly. And I wanted to show some of the research. Um, MDMA, which we'll talk about later, and it's I think it's one of the most interesting drugs that's out there. Let me get rid of this little X. So this is MDMA therapy eliminated PTSD symptoms in 76% of patients. Yeah, man. Um, that's high. What people don't realize, if you're if you're not really aware of this uh, area of therapy is that PTSD almost can never be done away with. You can you can get tools that help you to cope with it better. You can reduce it a certain amount, but you really can't get rid of it. And what they found was if they took people with PTSD, there were soldiers, other people with traumatic events in their life, and they gave them three sessions with MDMA. You, you take the MDMA, you'd sit with a therapist and talk for three or four hours, and then you'd leave, you'd come back like three months later, do it again, come back three months later, do it again. By the time the third session was over, 76% of patients were acknowledging that their PTSD was eliminated, not just reduced. They just have better tools to deal with it. It was gone. Yeah. Um, don't you find that like that's that to me, we scared people about these things, but they are deeply helpful. No, it's so exciting. Some of these studies that just like you said, it was there was no such thing as elimination. It was just managing it all the time, and and that defined your life. Uh, these traumas, these PTSD, and and seventy six percent of people, and and the other two, the other twenty four percent really helped. Yeah, benefited them significantly. Maybe they weren't uh, going to say eliminated, but helped them a lot. Too. Yeah. So it's it's really exciting. And. And having seen MDMA being used, you and I can both probably smile and go like, totally get it. Yeah. Totally understand why this stuff does what it does. Yeah. It, it, it's helped me out. It's helped my relationship out. It's it's very connecting yeah. drug, Bill. It's it's one of those that uh, you want to do with people that you love. And it, yeah. it's incredible feeling. It, it opens up. Whatever it opens up, you will feel so much love and compassion and connection. And you get to talk through things that you might not dare to talk through. Yeah. And our hope here is as we get through some of this research, we'll start talking about some of these substances specifically. We'll go through and share some of our experiences. We'll talk about dosages. We'll talk about how these things are used. And again, you know, make sure you're using these things legally. Make sure you're going places where you can access these things. Um, with the MDMA, I don't know that it's legal anywhere yet, including outside the country. Um, but you uh, you can expect that this is on the way, that people are going to be able to access this drug 
and sit down with a therapist and work things out. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think lawmakers can ignore this. Stuff. No, not at all. Uh, so the MDMA, 76% of PTSD eliminated. Uh, psychedelic treatment with psilocybin relieves major depression. Uh, they show that folks who went on a mushroom trip and again sat down with a therapist, that they were able to deal with severe depression and were uh, relieved. When they checked back with the patients a year later, they found that these patients had either uh, completely eliminated their depression or it was significantly more manageable and reduced. Yeah, man. Shrooms are another one. Shrooms are another one that just makes you feel okay about whatever's going on. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to die soon, take some shrooms. Yeah. It will help you. You'll, you'll be ready to meet your maker and, right. uh, and blast off to whatever's on the other side. Huh? Yeah. It's so good for cancer patients. Yeah. Uh, not just depression, but uh, many things, I think. Love it. And then uh, we'll get to that here in a moment. That's a good funny thing. Uh, I said, I've got a little note here. In one study, 12 people with severe psychological and behavioral issues related to substance abuse participated in a four-day treatment program that included two ayahuasca ceremonies. Mm. At a six-month follow-up, they demonstrated significant improvements in mindfulness, hopefulness, empowerment, and overall quality of life plus self-reported use of tobacco, cocaine, and alcohol significantly declined. Um, you've done IO once. Yep. Um, what would you say about that briefly? Yeah, we can get into it more, but briefly, it, it is a tough one. It's, it's one where you purge a lot, aka throw up all yeah. the time. Some people will have diarrhea, but what's weird about it is it's pleasurable. Yeah. <laughs> it's you're, you're purging like bad feelings or... Um, issues that you built up in your system and you throw it up and it feels incredible. <laughs> if every one of these drugs is a sort of rocket ship, um, <laughs> this one's taking you yeah. to like the met, like a, like another alternate universe. Yeah, this one's going to Mars. <laughs> this one takes are, you a long way. <laughs> yeah, the rest are just just leaving the atmosphere. This one is straight to Mars. Yeah, <laughs> love it. All right. And then uh, benefits of cannabis, you, you can look up the research on that, but there are tons of reasons why cannabis is being accepted medically across the country um, and even becoming recreational at this point. Um, certainly relieves like seizures in certain types of um, uh, epilepsies and, and other kinds of uh, illnesses where people tend to have seizures, uh, especially in young children. And there's lots of pain management and lots of things with like glaucoma and eyes. Uh, and so cannabis is really being understood now in 2022 as a drug that has lots of positive influence. And, and so you're seeing that also take course across the country. Um, here in Utah, for instance, it is available for medical uh, prescription to, for use, medical use. Uh, we're not quite at recreational yet, but that is uh, something that I'm sure is on the way as the rest of the country begins to really see the benefit of people having the opportunity to self-medicate. And it's important to say up until now, your real only legal self-medicating options were tobacco and alcohol. Yeah. Uh, besides prescription drugs, which <laughs> doesn't seem like those are really good for you either. Yeah. Um, my only two cents about alcohol, you know, I drink a little bit, you drink a little bit. Um, I don't personally like alcohol. Oh man. It's, it helps with like a social. Yeah. But dude, it, I, so I started with alcohol, you know, you start drinking a few times, but it seems like 
the last couple of years, it's just a headache every time yeah. you're waking up feeling like garbage every time. And so, yeah, I really don't like alcohol either. It's, it's not worth it. <laughs> it's really not worth the headache. Right. Um, it does help me to be more social. So when I'm drinking, I tend to be more easygoing, laughing, jovial. I see you get up and tap your toes while you're drunk a little bit more than you would maybe yeah. dance a little bit. Um, it does give, you know, they call it liquid courage and stuff, but you know, sometimes these things just open a door to show you that that's in you, you know, yeah. you can act like that and get up and dance without anything, but sometimes it needs, you need a little push to show you that that's in you, you know? So, right. But I've never, I've never really woke up from alcohol and gone like, wow, I just learned so much about <laughs> No. Right? Oh, man, never. Yeah. And, <laughs> and tobacco just isn't good for us at all. Alcohol, of course, isn't either. But yeah. tobacco is not good for us. So the, the world, as it built itself, whatever it did to build all the mechanisms it did, yeah. it, it allowed us to use substances that really didn't help us grow, um, really didn't um, give us insight into ourselves or the world and really are not healthy for us and not good for us and these other tools <laughs> yeah while there's this debate on each one of them about how legal they are where you can use them what you can do to get access to them they are helpful and and it shows the ones we're going to go through shows time after time after time these things seem to be very um productive for people who use them yeah. as conscious altering tools yeah so let's jump into um, a few of these. Again, just to note our disclaimer we put up at the beginning, uh, this episode is for information purposes only. Please consult a physician and please pay attention to where these things are illegal or illegal um, because you are taking a huge risk if you take those things where they're illegal. Mm -hmm. um, assuming that people are using these uh, drugs legally, I want to recognize that these tools likely will be used safely by almost everyone. So here's what I want to say here, Finn. Yeah. I was on a podcast about a year and a half ago where I said that mushrooms are really probably the safest drug you could use. No one's ever died of an overdose. All right. You should, you should not hesitate to use these. And I ended up the next day I was at work and a guy called me, said, Bill, I'm a big fan of yours. I listen to everything you do. He goes, I just want to tell you a story, though. He goes, my son, my son's 21 years old. He used mushrooms like two years ago for the mm -hmm. first time, mm -hmm. had a great experience, used them again like six months later, and his, like, his personality came apart. Mm -hmm. And uh, it took us about a year and a half, and we're just starting to feel like we get our son back. And so I want to note that the drugs we're going to talk about, I think, are really safe. I think most adults uh, can use them and not have any problems. And when I say most, I mean 98, 99% of people, if not greater. The trouble comes in if people are borderline schizophrenic, mm -hmm. if they're borderline severe depression. And again, these drugs are good for depression. And one out of every thousand people has a major breakdown that they never quite recover from, or it takes years and years. And most, come back no, most depression medication, if you're on it, mushrooms will not work. Mm. Have you seen that? No, before? no. But I've heard friends say, like, I need to get off my meds first before I try it. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We've had friends that kind of wean off their meds under doctor's direction. 
and then wanted to try the mushroom thing. But I, I've had friends try a mushroom thing while on antidepressants and they sat there and did not trip. Mm. Yeah. And mushrooms are one of those things you can't take day after day um, because the receptors in your brain yeah, get cool oversaturated. Yeah, that's and, what's cool about it, too. You're not you're not able to just sit and do them all the time. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't right. do anything. Yep. And so I think you probably know the person. I won't say their name, but I know a person that I know, you know, um, <laughs> that person had depression, did a mushroom trip and then hasn't been back on depression meds since. Yeah. Um, she has experienced an incredible breakthrough that one mushroom trip, uh, essentially gave her space to not need her depression meds anymore. Yeah. And it's been like over a year and she's uh, been solid, not having to have those. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's lots of those kinds of stories out. So in this segment, I simply want to say you really do need to like, again, 99 point something percent will have no ill effects that are beyond the trip itself mm -hmm. or the experience with these tools, but that for people who uh, have a family history of severe mental illness, who have borderline schizophrenia, who have severe depression, um, you ought to pause and consider thoroughly and deeply the risk involved in taking these things. Mm -hmm. For those folks who don't have any of that, again, the, the evidence is that it's almost 100% safe uh, to use. Uh, but again, talk to a doctor, seek out a physician, get a professional opinion. Well, I would love to talk to um, that son and just see, because I know people have had bad trips and even after looked back and said it was a bad experience on mushrooms or LSD. But I just wondered if, if the long-term benefit <coughs> once he integrated a little bit more into real life, because it can like dissolve your ego and we kind of need our ego to get through this world, you know? Yeah. And so when it dissolves your ego completely, you kind of start feeling, well, who am I? Nothing and matters. Kind of build that back yeah. up a little bit, which can be very beneficial and very scary. So yeah. I, I would love to talk to this example you would talk to and, to know how serious it was. Yeah. Yeah. And and who knows what mom and dad are recognized, but from the conversation, it sounded like he had kind of a mental breakdown. Yeah. And never quite recovered, or at least it took a long amount of time to recover. Mm -hmm. Um let's start with uh cannabis. All right. And so I'll put this back up on the screen here and uh, let me get rid of let's do let's see if we can do this differently. There's some sticky nugs there. Yeah. So um, I started smoking pot when I was 14 years old. Huh. Um, you you were an adult. No, yeah. I was in, well into my 30s. Gotcha. Before, before I even touched it. Uh, cannabis is um, a really soft drug. And, and I'll try to say it this way. <laughs> um, you still have your faculties. I mean, unless you just really go crazy and smoke a ton or eat a ton, mm -hmm. you still have your faculties. You're not, I wouldn't be out driving. I wouldn't be out um, no. doing, you know, I wouldn't, I would make sure that I have a nice calm atmosphere in my home or at a friend's house, but easy enough to use at a party. As long as you know, the people there, people who use cannabis, their, their first couple dozen of experiences, they will share a ton of paranoia um, they feel different because they've never experienced drugs before, but cannabis is a really 
soft way to alter your consciousness and experience the world uh, differently. What you're looking at on the screen are these buds. So the cannabis plant makes these buds that are kind of like hard little nuggets and they're where the most THC potency is. So I remember when we were kids, we were dumb, but we would take like pop cans and we'd pop a little hole in oh, the top. Right. Make yourself um, a homemade bowl. Yeah, yeah. And put, you know, yeah, a little bowl or whatever and, and put the stuff in there and, and then light it and breathe through the, the front of the can. <laughs> and cut your lip up doing that. Yeah, you got to be careful. <laughs> and, uh, but we, we had a blast uh, doing this stuff back in Ohio when I was a kid. And um, I don't regret doing it. It was, it was fun. And it was certainly from a recreational standpoint. And I didn't even consider using it as a, way to get inside my head to think about the world, but it was enjoyable. And so here I am as an adult, I've left Mormonism. I recognize that I live 45 minutes away from Nevada where it's legal. So I just go to Nevada a bunch. Um, Utah has it as medically available. And a lot of my friends are getting their medical cards and using it. Um, but the main form that cannabis has been kind of used uh, for just you know hundreds and hundreds of years is to take those buds and to burn them and then to breathe in the smoke that they make. Um, a little note, while cigarettes are bad for your lungs, the data and science on cannabis says that people actually increase their lung capacity when they smoke cannabis. Did you know that? Really? No, yeah. I haven't read that. So I've got COPD and I tend to stay yeah, away from smoking away it. from the smoke. But um, I'm at least aware of the data <laughs> and uh, waiting for, well, for let's, let's put those bags <laughs> to a test. Let's your, do it. Your lung bags. Yeah. So you went from 14 starting out. Yeah. Did it do you think it affected your schooling? No, I was I didn't I was super smart. Um people just know this from watching. I'm an intelligent guy, but yeah. I just don't apply myself. I, I could get a C plus or a C by doing nothing, by doing nothing <laughs> but acing the midterm in the yeah, final. Yeah, yeah. And so I just skirted by on that. So then you went what into your late teens, joined the LDS church until probably about thirty-five to thirty-eight years old, somewhere in there. I probably started doing cannabis for the first time again. So you did like a eighteen-year span of not doing it at all. Fourteen to seventeen, and then uh, thirty-five, thirty-eight years old, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um. What do you think about cannabis? Like, what's your, if you were to explain to the audience, like, hey, like, here's uh, what this is. This is, uh, I, I love cannabis. I, I think it's so great. I, I'll just tell you, um, the first time I ever did it, I was kind of tricked into doing it. So um, I didn't do it until I was like 35. And I was at an Equality Utah event. And a buddy of mine said, hey, just take a pull off of this. And he had like a vape pen and I thought it was just like a cotton candy vape pen and didn't have anything in it. This is five years ago. Now I know <laughs> better what these things paraphernalia is. So I hit this and we go back to our table and I'm just smiling like, like <laughs> cheesing. There is like a Dolly Parton impersonator up there just killing it, making everybody laugh, making me laugh. And my wife's like, something's up with you. Like, you seem so happy. And I'm like, yeah, I smoked something. <laughs> and I just thought there was peace on earth, goodwill towards everyone yeah. at that point. That was my first experience. Um, it really helps me in my life be present. Um, it 
I don't do it a ton in the past. I have, I, I think um, it's just benefited me every time to even, you know, you said some people get paranoid on it. What's weird is it does increase your heart rate. So people think it's like this relaxing thing, but you will have an uptick in your heart rate. And so you go, oh crap, oh man, my heart is racing <laughs> and I'm supposed to be relaxed. And then that you start getting these panic feelings. But w once you kind of realize what's happening to your body and you can kind of lean into the, the paranoia or the panic or some, I think you can learn things about your whole body system. I think you can learn things about your patients or your kindness to others or this, those types of things with cannabis. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally like who I am when I'm on cannabis. Yeah, man. Um, I feel like I operate better as a father. I operate better as a husband. I find that when I'm sitting with people, I'm much more aware of like their narrative and what they're going through. Mm. Um, I sometimes have a little more trouble listening, paying attention. My thoughts can't be quite collected. It's, it's strange. There's athletes that use cannabis and the argument is that they think they're better on it. And some people are like, come on, you can't be better on drugs. And I just, I don't believe that counter argument. I really do believe the athletes that yeah. there are parts of your brain that seem dumbed down and there are parts of your brain that seem better. Yeah. Um, one, one quick example is when I play Madden, <laughs> I can see the routes much easier. Yeah. I can see the open field. Like I can Focus, go, huh? I can go five games and throw 25 touchdowns and one interception. And when I'm sober, not against my bills. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. The real Browns suck. So, um, but when I'm sober, I'll throw 10 touchdowns and five interceptions wow. or something. You know, it just be drastically you different. do a scientific study on yeah, this, yeah. Your, your stats on Matt. Yeah. yeah. And I think, cool. I think people are better at video games for instance, at least a lot of people when they use something like that. What were you going to say about? I just want to, well, that's great. I know the Diaz brothers and the UFC are big cannabis users and they say jujitsu, they can see moves coming. Mm. And so I believe it. Yeah. I, I totally believe it too. I was going to get into the musmic enjoyment. Oh, please. You know, like you say you can focus on Madden. You almost can focus on the drums, on the guitar, mm. on the bass, on the singing. And enjoy them separately all the, at the same time. <laughs> if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah. Music is so good on it. It it tones down your receptors of of I've heard this song before, or mm. being able to predict how the song is going. Mm. The song just takes you on a journey. And and I just really, really love music um while elevated on cannabis. Yeah. Um I, you hear instruments you didn't even know were in the music. You realize how <laughs> yeah. intelligent and gifted the artists are in creating the music. Mm. Um, you'll hear all the tunes in a brand new way. So if you take cannabis, if you happen to be at home or somewhere where you can don't have to give your attention to people, throw some headphones on yeah. and just sit and listen to your favorite music and listen to all the sounds and stuff that are going on uh put in on, it put on some dirty heads yeah yeah dirty heads reggae <laughs> highly recommended um sex is better on cannabis whoa really you you've never had sex on no, cannabis i have i have okay but you go go ahead go ahead. all right um <laughs> i tend to be able to maintain arousal a lot longer i get to pick when i finish 
Wow. So we can go as long as so we're both having no a good time. One pump chump on this. No, stuff. no. <laughs> um, I also it tends to feel better. Like the my body is much more sensitive in a sexual way. Mm. So that's uh, pretty good. It, it, it totally, <laughs> totally is. Uh, so not just music, but sex and food. Um, my wife and I, there's certain foods we like, but only if we're on cannabis. Oh yeah, dude. And the food just tastes so much oh, richer. Yeah. It's like, it's like uh, multi-dimensional. Yeah. Uh, the food just has much more depth to it mm -hmm. and in a positive way. You've experienced that as well. Oh man. You go over to Red Fort. Oh man. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Take an Uber over to Red Fort. So good. Yeah. And enjoy the food. Uber back, and you will not be sad about the Uber bill. <laughs> no, you won't. You won't <laughs> be sad about anything. No. Yeah, um, that's interesting you talk about sex. Me and my lady friend have experienced it like once or twice. But uh I just find myself a lot of times getting high and listening to music and being fine with that. <laughs> So your interest in sex is not as high. Exactly. Once once we do go like, all right, let's try it. it, it you're right. It is great. Yeah. But a, a lot of times we just end up chilling in the hot tub or something. Yeah. Love it. Um, I, when I'm on cannabis, my, my wife and I, I don't know, like we're more in love and we're more able to see past like the little things that nick us, you know, yeah. like you do something that bumps into me and I do something that bumps into you. And yeah. on cannabis, you're like, ah, eh, man, who cares? Like, yeah, that's just you being you. You just yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Little, Rock it. little annoyances are gone. Yeah. 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 That's cool. And whenever my kids come with a serious issue, my daughter calls and she's got some major thing going on. Um, I feel like I'm much better at giving healthy advice. I'm much better at not panicking. I'm not, I'm much better at not, um, overwhelming her with like too much harshness if she's making a mistake. I, I just really am cool, calm, and collected, and I find that I'm really good at giving parental advice when I'm when I'm a high on cannabis. Same dude. Yeah. Same. Like if it's if I know there's a big session of like homework with the kids, I'll be right back, Daddy. Daddy, be right back. Yeah. <laughs> Let's I come back out and and you're ready to help them. A lot better. Yeah. A lot funner. You know, like you laugh and while doing homework well yeah it was not the case before i enjoy my kids more too i can sit and like listen to their life and their narrative whereas i, I kind of am emotionally unavailable when i'm sober <laughs> i'm emotionally available when i'm on cannabis yeah it takes away my fix it mode of dad mode you know and you're like well just do it like this yeah right just do what i tell you <laughs> yeah it takes that away too so Love it. Let's talk about a little bit of some of the form these kinds of things come in. So cannabis, okay. we talked about the flower. Um, that's the nose you just saw. Yeah. So here is, I'm going to make this a little bigger, but this is edibles. Mm -hmm. And when I've used cannabis in the past, this, oh, yeah. this is the mode I generally use. There's a thousand different ways. Every time I go to a dispensary in Nevada and get some cannabis uh, edibles, I get something different all the time. There's Chiba Chews. There's little hockey puck kind of things. There's yeah. uh, um, little like uh, like rugs almost. They're like sour candies. Yeah. Um, there's hard candies. You get little hard ones. They got candy bars. They got cookies. They got brownies. You can really have a lot of fun with uh, edible cannabis. They've got them in every shape and size and form, even liquid ones. Like it's in sodas now. Yeah. Um, 
disclaimer here is be careful of dosage. You could have a really bad experience. Not anything like alcohol would do to you, but you could have like a not fun experience if you do too much of a, of a brownie or something. Yeah, let's talk about that for a moment. Let me make this smaller again. So if somebody's going to smoke flour, I mean, generally, you take one of these little nuggets, put it into a bong, roll it, crumple it up, like like grind it up, put it into yeah. a joint. Yeah. Um, use, um, like there's certain, like a volcano or, uh, <laughs> which again, nobody's going to know what we're talking about if you're, this is new to you. But there are lots of contraptions that are intended to allow you to smoke flour. And one nugget of that, one nugget of that, you know, you could sit and you would smoke yourself and you'd have plenty left over after you got high if you if you wanted to smoke it with two or three friends one nugget would probably get everybody going and then you'd come back in an hour two hours and you'd hit another flower yeah right so each of these buds uh would essentially pack a bowl or pack a, a so bong. you see the green in there that's the good stuff eventually, yeah. eventually that green will fade to black throughout the smoking session and then it'll eventually be kind of gone no more sticky green right on the edibles, generally they'll come in increments of 10 milligrams each, and uh, 10 <laughs> milligrams I would consider an average dose. Yeah, but you have to be careful because that candy bar might break up into 20 small squares, and each of those squares might be four doses. And so, whatever edibles you get, please read the packaging. Mm -hmm. um, please pay attention. Uh, I'll tell a funny story when we get to the end of cannabis. But folks, like if you, t I mean, I've had friends who accidentally thought they were taking one dose and took 10 and then they thought everybody was trying to Man. poison them at a party or <laughs> yeah. they just, they kind of lost their sanity a little bit for, for a little while. And uh, so you just want to be careful. And I don't mean like seriously lost, they, they weren't in any danger. Um, in fact, people like, there's this idea that if you take drugs, you're going to go rob a bank. Yeah, it's so scary. It's so that you're gonna be a, a serial killer or something. The worst that happens is you just lay down. Yeah, <laughs> for eight, for eight <laughs> yeah, hours. Yeah, you're just on a couch. You, you went from like move. a fun person to just laying there and just going like, uh, which you know can be a little scary. But you're not gonna do anything stupid, and you're not in like any grave danger at all. But yeah. do not drive high. Yeah, no, no, not at all. There. Get an Uber. Um, but tons of edibles. So that's an option too. And again, 10 milligrams tends to be an average dose. Uh, I tend to need, uh, two edibles. So 20 milligrams for me to feel the effect I want. Mm. I know some people who take five milligrams, a half a dose Yeah. and they get the effect that they want. Yeah. I would um, start with five. If you're going to start with cannabis, start with five, wait and two hours. Oh yeah, please. Because this is a big problem too. Someone will take a 10 and then they'll go half an hour later, nothing's feeling anything. Yeah. And they take another and then, and then both of them hit and they're, yeah, laying there on the couch the rest of the time. It tends to take me about 45 minutes or so for an edible to kick in. And as you're pointing out, for some people, it literally is two hours. And for some people, it's 25 minutes. Yeah. Uh, if you smoke it, you should feel it within about 10 to 15 minutes. But I would still, maybe on your first time or two, wait a half an hour. Yeah. And then, you know, hit it again. It metabolizes totally different than smoking. Yes. It metabolizes through your stomach and not through your lungs. Yep. So it, it's a waiting game sometimes. But just wait and see how you feel. Yeah. Your body treats 
a digested THC completely different than it treats inhaled THC to the point where uh, folks who take edibles in high doses report more hallucinogenic experience. Mm. Uh, people who smoke it tend to not have that as much. Yeah. Um, so just be aware that each way that you take these substances in will make a huge difference. But there are tons of fun edibles. Uh, I remember we were at a house party once and uh, one of our friends brought cookies. Oh. And the cookies were, they were about that big. Mm -hmm. And each cookie was 40 milligrams, so four <laughs> doses. Yeah. But he brought enough cookies for everybody to for, eat as much yeah. as they wanted. And so people were just eating whole cookies. Oh, man. And the yeah. whole day was just incredibly fun. We laughed a ton. <laughs> yeah. So dang funny. Yeah. Um, this can, That's another thing we haven't even touched on is giggle. Giggle fits on cannabis is pretty incredible, too. Like, yeah. You can just get laughing about nothing for an hour. <laughs> yeah. And people will say things differently than they said them before. And <laughs> you'll connect dots on something differently than you have. And so people are like, oh, like, yeah, there's that thing that I've never heard. Like, that's not, that's hilarious. And I've never heard <laughs> that. Like, you're coming up with new ideas. Yeah. Um, the thing on the screen right now is concentrates. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a bit of a tickle. Um, concentrates. And what should be said here is that, like, this is pure THC substance. They, they have different textures. So you'll see there crumble, batter, shatter. Uh, I've seen it called sugar. Um, but essentially you would take any of these things and hit it with some heated up device. The heated up device will turn these uh, into vapor. And then whatever device you have, you're breathing that vapor in. It's a much cleaner way to do it. So you don't get the smoke mm -hmm. from the flower bud. You get just THC vapor, which is a much, you know, again, don't use these disposable pens and things that are sold uh, away from dispensaries where there's regulations because a lot of these vape pens are causing serious health issues in uh, folks that are not aware of the danger. But when you do concentrates, I think it's called dabbing, yeah. this will just be very clean. You really won't cough much. Uh, mm -hmm. It'll uh, affect you very strongly. Yeah, a little dab will do you. It goes a long way. One, yeah, because it's it's you, you might do the same pull as you would on a, on a joint or a J and it's gonna hit you way yeah. harder, way harder on a dab rig yeah i can uh i can acknowledge that that evidence is true <laughs> <laughs> all right so there's all of those concentrates again like as he's pointing out a little bit goes a long way uh and then this is something i haven't done this is called tinctures and this is essentially thc in a pure liquid form and you just put it underneath your tongue and take it yeah people have probably seen this same setup with cbd a lot but there's THC ones too, and it, it packs a punch too. Yeah. Um, and again, whatever you do, just be aware of how much you're taking. And if you don't feel like it's having an effect, wait significantly longer than what it says it should kick in. Because the last thing you want to do is eat three edibles and find out that they're all working. Uh, that's not going to be, for your first experience, that's not going to be fun. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on cannabis? And I wanted to ask you like funny stories. Um, I'll just jump into funny stories. I think we covered them cannabis pretty well here. Um, I, the first time I did edibles, it was kind of back in the day where it wasn't individually wrapped in 10 milligrams. Now it's that I've noticed that that's all they come in nowadays, 
but um, Chiba Chu had this little tiny chocolate that was seriously that big, and it was 100 milligrams. And uh, we had, we were in California. It just became legal in California. We were at Qualcomm Stadium, and I split one of those with a friend. And still pretty rookie at cannabis, at being away from home with, with cannabis. And we go into Qualcomm Stadium, um, 60,000 people to watch U2, and uh, then the paranoia kicked in. <laughs> and I felt like the whole stadium was staring at me and saying, like, you're doing something wrong. And I had kind of a freak out. But I'm talking, I was doing 60 to 70 um, milligrams there on that. And so I went outside. I had a bunch of joints in my pocket. I laid down. I couldn't enjoy the, the, the whole thing. I just laid down. And all the joints came spilling out of my pocket. And unbeknownst to me, I didn't know. I was just laying there like, oh, I got to gather my thoughts. And two police officers come over. <laughs> and now that it's legal there, they said, hey, you dropped those. <laughs> and I freaked out. And I grabbed them like, oh, man, thanks. And uh, they're like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I just am a little too high. And they started laughing and they left me alone. Like, what a great example of being a good cop yeah. in that situation. But also, I ever since then, I really pay attention to dosage. Yeah. Tom Segura, you know, he talks about going with his friend and they're in like Nevada or something, somewhere where it's legal. Yeah. And he like buys some off his friend or something. He's like, well, what do I do with it? Do I put it in my car? He's like, I don't care if you staple it to your fucking forehead. Like it's legal here. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Cause there is this transition of it's yeah. illegal everywhere. And suddenly it's legal in places. And so you're taking it, it's legal, but I still feel like a 16 year old kid who had yeah. to drive out to some mobile home park to buy it from some strange guy in his house. You yeah. Know? Um, so it just, it got, it got easily accessible. It's legal. Um, and so you can just walk the streets of Nevada. Yeah. Under the influence of you, cannabis. You, do you smell it as you walk, drive into Oh, yeah. Nevada? As soon as you you know you get there, in your, you smell it before in you your see your car it. vents. It's coming in. You're like, dude. Yeah. It seems like every time we've gone to Nevada, too, all the uh, waiters and waitresses all are high as shit. Like, they've asked my order a couple different times, and I, I just know that they're high. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a smell that I'm not going to say it's a great smell. But yeah, there are times you're like, people love it. Mm, that's some not people bad. Love it. I love it in that I'm like, someone's having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> but the whole city does stink. Yeah, it does have a different smell than it did before it was legal. Yeah. So there is that. There is that thing. Um, I'm trying to think of funny stories. Again, the the cookie at the lake house. I think everybody had a blast. It was such a fun time. Um, my experiences have been really positive with cannabis. I've really enjoyed. You never using went. It got out over your skis with the edible or anything up over my skis out over your skis like <laughs> just in over my head yeah no um nice from the time i used it as a teenager uh i felt like i had really a, almost a good consistent experience every single time and um as an adult using it i've also felt that it's been very consistent and uniform and I've not really had any moment where I had a bad experience. There, there are moments where 
my mind is racing in a different way and I can't pay attention to what everybody's saying. And I feel bad because they maybe think I'm just not listening. And it's really that I can't quite listen. Mm. Uh, I can't stay in a conversation. The other thing I'll experience is I'll be telling a story. I'll be halfway through the story and it's like, I don't know what the hell I, I don't know what the hell I was saying. <laughs> yeah. And there's this weird thing. It's almost like it left and started to go around you. Yeah. And then it just kind of comes back around. You're like, yeah. oh, there it is again. Yeah. Like, Two hours later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'll I'll share with friends like, hey, hold on a minute. I promise I'll get right back to to what it what it was I was saying. The moral of the story will come later. Yeah. When you remember it. Right, right. <laughs> um, but that's been for the most part it. I, I think that most of my friends seem to like it. A few of our friends have had bad experiences. I had one friend who had a seizure while using it. Mm. I had another friend who had such bad paranoia that they just went out in the middle of a party. They just went out to their car and just sat in their car for the whole party and waited for their party to end. So their wife and then would go home. They didn't <laughs> want to interrupt their wife's experience. She was yeah. having a good time. Huh. So he just sat in his car and listened to music. Probably dosage wise. He went too far. He had 10 milligrams. So oh, he really? probably should have done five. Yeah. Yeah. 10 will put some people on their butt for yeah. sure. Um, but everybody so tell me, well, tell me this before please. we move on from cannabis. Yeah, yeah. Do you think the green is different from when you were 14 to now? I mean, do you think it's, it's uh more potent? A lot of people say that it's like, oh man, it's so much better now than it was when I was a teenager or whatever. But seems the same to me. Okay. I, that would, it's what I would guess. Yeah. Like it's the same pretty much thing. Yeah. What about all the different, like indica sativa? hybrids yeah all the different flavors have you found ones that you like better than others and some give you energy some relax you yeah i don't care about the taste per se there are some candies that don't taste as great there are other ones that are really good i had uh these great taffies uh, mm -hmm. and orange uh orange sickle cream taffies Dang. and they were both delicious Dang. um some of the hard candies if you're if you have them um in your car they tend to melt together. Like if you're in Nevada and you've got a, the uh -huh. gummies in your, or the can, hard candies in your yeah, trunk, that's happened. To they'll me. melt together yeah. and you're impossible to break apart unless you microwave them or something. <laughs> and then dosage is tricky. I've done that with a bunch of them melted and I just, yeah, kind of just take it off the junk and uh, you ended up with too, a lot too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I'm not really bothered by taste for me. It's like, all right, it's a 10 milligram edible. I don't care. Give me two of them. Let's rock and roll. Um, mm. I don't have a preference of the form. I don't tend to smoke it. I do tend to eat it almost entirely. Once in a great while, I'll smoke it, but almost entirely, I'll eat edibles. Hmm. What what form do you normally take it in? Edibles. Edibles. Yeah. I I don't mind either or, but it's just easier and cleaner and yeah. less smelly. You do have to plan ahead. I mean, if somebody goes like, hey, let's get, let's get high right now. Right. Then... You're going like, well, I'm gonna be an hour behind everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So smoking gets ten or fifteen minutes, sometimes faster. I mean, I've, there's there's been times where I've smoked it, and then ten seconds later, I'm like, damn, I'm already, I'm already toasted. Dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, a lot of times it's what you bring to it, also. Like, like I was saying, some people like swear by certain flavors or certain indica sativa. This does this to me mm -hmm. where I don't think it has that much power over you. You know, like mm -hmm. if you're wanting a relaxing evening, you could have a sativa and have a relaxing evening. Now, I'm not an expert, but that's just been my experience that they're all pretty similar. And it's kind of what you bring to the experience, too. Like 
if if you're wanting to dance you can dance on this stuff and it yeah. doesn't matter what strain where some people swear by a certain strain indica is more like in the couch is what more people, relaxed people will say it's supposed to make more relaxed and yeah. then sativa is supposed to be a little bit higher up with the energy but yeah i don't know man and the research says so cbd folks cbd is just going it's not going to give you any kind of uh altered state of consciousness it's just going to dull some pain make you a little more relaxed, but you're not going to have any kind of conscious change in your awareness. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're, if you see CBD products, those just aren't really what we're talking about. Not that they're not helpful or useful for certain situations, but you're really looking for THC. And um, when you say indica and sativa, the research I've read says like, just ignore that. They really are the same thing and they really don't do anything different. So it kind of agrees with what you just said, which is whichever one you take, whatever set and setting you're in, you're going to have the sort of experience that that set and setting is, is leaning towards. Yeah. So if you're at a party and everybody's dancing and up and having fun and laughing, you're going to feel nudged in that direction. Generally, um, if everybody's just sitting on the couch and watching stand-up comedy and laughing their asses off, you're going to be much more relaxed and kind of locked into the couch. Yeah. Any other thoughts on cannabis? No, no, that's, that, that covers it pretty well. Okay, let's go to uh, the next one. Let me uh, change the image size here a little bit and uh, put this up on the screen. So uh, these are magic mushrooms. These are psilocybin mushrooms. There's tons of strains of uh, uh, psychedelic mushrooms, uh, just normal I don't know what the strain is called, but just the normal standard psilocybin magic mushrooms. Yeah. That's what you're seeing on the screen right now. Uh, how many times have you done mushrooms? Uh, I think probably about 15. 15. In the past. Yeah. Not as many. I'm probably somewhere between five and 10. Um, I don't enjoy these as much. Some people love these. Uh, yeah, I like the even the flavor of them. You like the flavor. Yeah, but I love mushrooms on my pizza and everything, so... Okay. I, I don't mind mushrooms on my pizza. I, I just, when these things, and we'll show you a picture of these things dried, but there are tons of mushrooms that do this. Some mushrooms are dangerous. You never would just want to go out in the woods and be like, oh, there's a mushroom. I'm going to oh, eat it. No, don't do that. Do not do that. Uh, make sure that if you're going to take magic mushrooms, please make sure that they are the uh, appropriate strain. Each strain that is conscious altering will have different um, characteristics to it. But when these are dried, let me go over here and click it. That's kind of what they look like. And they you can put them in a Ziploc bag and you can hang on to them for a couple of years. Yeah, they dry them to take out the moisture so they don't mold or, you know, you don't want to be eating mold. No. So that's why they dry them out like that. But yeah, like you said, you could have a mushroom that looks very similar to these that could kill you. So don't just go out to the meadow where there's some cow crap and yeah. eat some mushrooms and mushrooms are going to be a much stronger experience than cannabis. Yeah. Um, there are some similarities in what you experience, but you're going to have less control of your thoughts, uh, less control of the places the medicine takes you uh, when you take shrooms versus cannabis. So a much stronger uh, experience. Oh, definitely yeah. much stronger. And we could talk about microdosing too, but what we're talking about generally is when someone takes a, a decent dose to actually go on a trip, which is 
like two and a half grams on the low end, you can get by with less. I've seen people take one or one and a half yeah. and have a sort of altered experience. But two and a half seems to be what folks tell me is kind of the real entry level to get an experience. And people talk about a hero's dose, which is usually five grams or more. Yeah. Any thoughts from you on uh, on a standard mushroom trip dosage or um, experience preparation? Anything else that needs to kind of go into that? Yeah, the mushrooms are fun in that it heightens my ability to see color. Mm. I mean, you can stare at clouds for hours on these things and just have really good connective thoughts about life, about death. Um, it's just kind of like, I call it like the okay drug because I just feel like everything's going to be okay. All the things that I've been worrying about needlessly, or just that needless worry. And and these help put that in perspective. I think these more than than cannabis um, really can connect you with yourself and mm. and the earth more than than with another human being or something. Totally agree. You're gonna be much more in tune with nature and the bigger world around you and much more inside your head thinking about who you are and how you show up in the world and making connections. Mm-hmm. Um, for my wife and I, it's much more alone. It's kind of strange because most people report what you just said, which it's, it's a positive experience. Most of the time it's very connecting for me. I feel very lonely. I feel very isolated. I feel very disconnected from people and from the world. I'm still having an incredible time. I'm Mm -hmm. still making connections and insights that help me to show up as a better human being the next day, but I don't feel positively connected to people in the world yeah yeah that's what mdma is for right yeah. i mean these are not for that these are to try to figure out something inside yourself um it can be very therapeutic i think um and like like bill was saying dosage is everything here too a milder dose you know like a 0. 0.3 um We'll give you, that's what they call a microdose. We'll give you kind of some good thoughts. You know, some colors will be a little crisper. Music will sound good, but it won't, you won't be like full tripping. Should we talk about what that feels like? <laughs> be full tripping. And we can get into this with LSD too, but uh, when people are seeing visuals on a trip, it's not like a little, little, uh, elf is running around the room it's just you're looking at patterns and they're starting to melt into each other and maybe spin or move you know you look at a tree and it looks like it's kind of breathing or you're looking at grass and it's looking way longer than it really is and it looks like it's flowing um you know a lot of people will look at their ceiling in the and see it kind of just all start to blend in and be really cool visuals on it um that's what people mean when they say tripping it's it's just like this melting cool yeah are you pulling this up i was going to try to show an image or two um i really wanted to find let's see here if i a lot of those pictures would be whoa You see all these, you can kind of see like, like how that plays with your eyes a yeah, little bit. Yeah. And uh, it's like that, like nothing ever really moves 
but it is moving. <laughs> right. Like you'll see, like um, I have a couch and the legs of my couch have a curve and it was like, they wrapped up into each other and then unfolded and then mm. folded back in again. Yeah. I've right. got a picture of like an Amish buggy on a trail and you could just see he's making his way to the house. And, <laughs> but, and then, but then if you like stare at it long enough, you're like, it's not moving, but I also can't not believe it's not moving. Like it's, it's definitely it moving, but it's not moving. Right. <laughs> so it seems kind of cool. Um, it is kind of a blast off. You don't have as much control. And I don't mean like you're going to jump out of a second floor window and hurt yourself. I just mean like you can't control where your brain goes exactly. Mm -hmm. And you are forced to spend time thinking about whatever the medicine tells you to think about. And I feel like sometimes I've, I've had really cool insights. Uh, one of the coolest experiences I had, we all can pull out a memory out of our head. and. Uh, yeah, memory is so crazy on this stuff. And, and be able to like go like, oh, um, yeah, I remember that tricycle I got when I was five for my birthday. But under mushrooms, I could go back and actually access the memory and like live in it. I could, I could spend another day in in that moment, smelling mm -hmm. the house I lived in, the the feeling the blanket of the bedroom I'm sitting on the edge of the bed of. I, I just remember it was much more real living in the memory rather than like recalling a memory like we normally do when we're sober. Any thoughts on what a trip's like for you? I just did some a few weeks really? back, mm -hmm. uh, maybe a month back. Okay. Uh, I was in Greece <coughs> and uh, did some mushrooms in Mykonos, Greece. And it, it was incredible. It's what's cool about it too, is you don't have any appetite. So I was there for, eight hours and I didn't really have the need to eat at all. Mm. Um, things taste amazing, but it's not like you would sit down and have a meal, right? You know, you'd have like one bite of pineapple and be like, Whoa, that's the best pineapple. Where'd you get this pineapple? Yeah. Um, but yeah, very pleasurable around the, the Greece islands. I, I highly suggest doing it if you're ever in Mykonos. <laughs> So dosage, again, two and a half grams. If you really like, I want to blast off. It's my first time. That'd be where I would kind of suggest you take. Yeah. Um, once you've had some experience, if you really want to do a hero's dose, five grams. Um, these dried mushrooms. What's the most you've ever done? Uh, five. Um, these dried mushrooms, I don't like the taste. I, they're hard to chew up. What I end up doing is just drinking orange juice, and they tend to kind of dissolve in the orange juice, and the flavor of the orange juice is what I taste. Hmm. And so it seems like a really easy way to take three grams. Yeah. Some uh, two people and a half will grams. grind them up and put them in pill form or make a tea or something yeah. or, or cover them in chocolate or something like that too. And sometimes the colors on these will be off. Like I've, I've had a batch where it was like really blue, like almost bruised. Yeah. You know? Those are cool looking, the blue ones. And so you just, you know, some people are like, I'm not touching that. It looks like it's got mold all over it. And no, it's it probably like... doesn't. It, whoever <laughs> did it probably doesn't have any issues with their batch and dried them out and they just tend to have some colors to them. Yeah. So don't be surprised by that. Um, trying to think of what else. I mean, I've, I've had time, my first time taking mushrooms ever. I was in Nevada and uh, I went down, I took two and a half grams, went downstairs. They had ordered pizza. I was just starting to feel it. And the pizza was amazing. The best pizza I'd ever had. <laughs> oh yeah. I've had pizza on it. I walk outside because I notice I'm starting to be different and I don't want to be weird in the kitchen. So I walk out in the backyard and it's artificial turf in Nevada. And this grass suddenly went from being artificial turf to being 
like a ah, foot high. You know what I'm talking about with the grass growing. It's almost, <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know how to explain it. And then the grass turned into like Egyptian symbols and hieroglyphics. Oh, dang. You could write a book. Yeah. And there were, there were two trees in the yard, but for whatever reason that night, there were 42 trees in the yard <laughs> and all 42 of them just swayed all together. Nice. Yeah. And I, to this day, I swear there were more trees in that backyard. And every time I go to this person's house, I look at his yard and I'm like, come on, dude, you had more than two trees. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, things tend, tend to replicate. Yeah. I've seen like birds flying, like, holy crap, there's a lot of birds out here. But it was like yeah. three, three birds, birds. It looked like 30, 38 like, birds in the like, sky. Yeah. I thought I was <laughs> getting attacked. Yeah. These crows. But, but I've learned things each time. I felt like, it was a good experience. And even in the ones I'm like, Ooh, that was sad. That was depressing. Yeah. When I came out of it, I'm like, Ooh, there's things I'm going to take with me that are going to help me be a better human being. It shows you some things that even if it's sad, maybe you needed to go there. You know, maybe you've been ignoring it. Maybe you've been just pushing it down, just going to work day after day and, and just ignoring this hurt or pain that, that needs to be felt. And yeah. It, and it, so I think, I've never had a bad trip in that if I have had negative feelings, I've felt like it benefited me. So mm. I, I never look at the, any trip has been bad trips. Yeah. I've definitely felt sad, like depths of sad, but I felt it benefited me in the long run. Yeah. Some people do have bad trips. I mean, that is, that is a thing that can happen. Uh, Terrence McKenna talked several times about the mushroom trips he did and LSD, LSD trips he did, and he would have a bad trip every once in a while. And mm -hmm. it would be super scary, very lonely, very disconnected, but not in the way that like, oh, I just am in this group of people and I just don't feel connected to them. It was more like he would blast off somewhere and he's basically living out a nightmare for a few hours. Mm -hmm. um, when you take mushrooms, there's this thought that a lot of people have. I've had it where you think the trip will never end. I remember going like, oh, I've got to be somewhere tomorrow <laughs> and I'm just going to have to learn how to be like this as a human being because yeah. this is who I am from now on. Yeah, And it does wear off. A trip will last about five hours yep. on mushrooms. Correct. LSD is another story, but we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah. Um, it seems like five hours, as long as you plan ahead, you've got your house ready for it you know yeah you, you've got kind of all your bases covered if someone has an emergency they call somebody else we haven't even got into set and setting really yet bill like set and setting is everything with these things you yeah know? um totally especially the, your first five to ten times you want to do it in a place that you feel loved love you want to do it with people that you trust completely yeah so yeah, if you do shrooms or LSD, a lot of times being outside in nature is it leads to more positive experiences. If you're inside, your house is dark, it's kind of gloomy, uh, you get lost in kind of a negative thought, you don't have enough space to kind of um, reroute your thoughts to something else. Mm -hmm. And so you can kind of get lost in a negative spiral. I was going to say this too, you get kind of caught in loops sometimes. Yeah, You'll spend an hour thinking a thought, deconstructing the thought, rethinking the thought, deconstructing the <laughs> yeah. thought. An hour later, you're still on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you want to, you know, set and setting. Set being how much you take, you know, setting being kind of the space you're in. Um, well, they're in those loops too, I, I would just add. Um, it is very important to be with people you love and trust and talk about if I get stuck in these loops. Um, for instance, my lady will say, well, isn't that interesting? 
and the loop is gone. Mm. Or if something scary comes up, you know, like we've walked around a park before and the gravel kind of looked like snakes. Mm. <laughs> they kind of had some pattern going and then my brain turned them into snakes. And instead of freaking out, we talked beforehand, like your, your trip buddy, that's not going to be tripping with you. Just don't freak out. Say, isn't that interesting? Yeah. You need, yeah. Whoever trips sits you, it shouldn't be their first time seeing somebody on shrooms too. Yeah. They should be, somebody should have some experience how to deal with it. And, and most of our friends know how to deal, deal with a lot of this stuff. And it's, it's pretty cool. Um, again, as you pointed out, I think food is, there's a cool taste to it. It's richer, but I'm not really interested in eating, as you said. Right. Um, Tasting, but not really eating anything. Yeah. Yeah. Sex. Your thoughts on sex? On <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I have never done it. <laughs> you have? Yeah. It is. Was there just 20 boobs coming it's at you? Like, at no, <laughs> but it's like, it's like five dimensions. Um, I don't know how to explain it. You had sex to completion on mushrooms. I I think I've had sex. I know I've had sex. <laughs> I, think. I think I've had sex to completion. Huh. Sex on mushrooms was phenomenal. Hmm. It's like there's extra senses and there's like extra textures and wow. yeah, I could see textures. Yeah, you could yeah. It ends up it ends up being like you know, I'm, I'm making love with my wife and it just is, I've never gotten anywhere close to that besides shrooms. It's wow. phenomenal. Wow. Um, so I highly recommend that as well. Okay. Uh, funny stories. Wait, you both were or just you? That night it was just me. Okay. And uh, she was trip sitting me, but she benefited. <laughs> yeah. Buddy. So um, one of the funny stories, you and I had done shrooms uh, with our ladies and we went on a hike. Yeah, I remember this. And we're about halfway through the hike. And my wife says, look, an alligator. <laughs> yeah. And immediately. We were not in Florida at the time. No, no, no. We're we in were southern not, Utah. We're not in the Everglades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> huh. All right. So we're we're walking down a hiking trail in just the desert. There's nothing dangerous. My wife says, look, an alligator. And. I suddenly, my entire mentality is, oh shit, I have to prepare to encounter an alligator. <laughs> and so I start going into my head, like, what have I heard about how you fight an alligator? And, and what I heard was their, their chopping down uh, strength is amazing. But once their mouth is closed, you yeah, can hold it. You can get on top. They can't, they can't. So I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta wrap up this alligator. <laughs> and as I'm in this thought and I'm in there maybe for 10 seconds. Oh boy. And it feels like an hour, right? Because yeah. time is way oh, different. Time is a liar. Yeah, time isn't real. <laughs> and my suddenly my wife's like, no, no, you dummy. <laughs> I'm looking at the clouds and that cloud looks like an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I literally like, I'm going to fight an alligator today. What do I need to do to win? <laughs> and part of me knows like, you're not going to win. You're going to lose. I believe in you. I believe you, I believe you would have won. <laughs> the secret is I don't have to run faster than an alligator. I just have to run faster than you. <laughs> just, <laughs> Just trip me. Right. <laughs> Down he goes. Let's get out of here. Um, any funny stories on shrooms? <sighs> Man. No, but I, I think that that evening we also enjoyed some Dirty Heads for the first time. We watched like a whole live Dirty Heads thing. Remember first this? time I'd ever listened to them. Yeah. Live set. 
And the one singer sounds great no matter what. The other singer's not as good when he's not in the recording studio with all yeah, the extra, yeah. you know, things to help that out. It's more of a rapper too. But I I fell in love with them that night. And there was something about yeah, the flawed did. voice that I really dug their music. Right. A lot of voices, I don't really care if it's like perfect. I just love the lyrics. Yeah. So that's more where I'm at with with a lot of my reggae likes is like not the perfect voice, but the message is so beautiful. So so that night I fell in love with Dirty Heads. I think you had listened to them before, but it seemed like yeah, that night was, like, was big for you. Listen to this live show and we yeah. watched the whole concert, right? Yeah, yeah. Dug the whole thing. Yeah. Um, it was a great night. And and again, cannabis as well as shrooms, there really is a bunch of inner work that will happen, especially if you do these a few times. There's there always is gonna be an experience here or there yeah. that maybe is just fun or maybe it's just sad. And maybe you don't mm. learn a lot from it. So if you have a first experience like that, our, our two senses, do them two, three, four, five times. Give yourself a chance to experience it because unlike certain drugs, shrooms are going to take you somewhere different every time. You're not going to, you're not going to go like, oh, I took shrooms twice and here's what it's always like for me. <laughs> you're going to have a different, it's going to do something different every time you take it. Where you're with, where you're at yeah. and all that. Yeah. And all is in there and i remember one time on shrooms i really felt like i learned everything about how the world works okay like i'm like i got it i nailed it i know it all now i know how i know why we do all the things we do and then i sobered up and i'm like it's all forgotten it's gone like, i don't have it anymore <laughs> dang, it. <laughs> dang it bring it back but um, i've made one, huge insights. one time the, the most i've done is four and um i had a kind of a cool experience i went the setting I was at had had this sauna. And so I went and laid in the sauna and I kind of like looked up. And so it's all like cedar. I felt like I was in a pine box and it just all of a sudden shrunk on me. And I was in a coffin. I'm like, hey, this is, it just makes you feel like everything's great. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to die. It's not going to be bad. <laughs> you're in a coffin buried alive. And you're like, hey, this is kind of cool. cool. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at the grains in the wood and they're blending and moving and stuff. And then. I'm like, what is that? And I hear like a bug getting into the coffin and start eating me. And then a bunch of bugs got in and started decomposing my whole body. And I still had consciousness of what's going on. Like, wow, these guys are eating my whole body. And then I watched bugs leave and die. And then a root system sucked the nutrients out of the bugs and become trees and so it was like a whole experience wow <laughs> yeah. when that's happening do you also know it's not real yeah you kind of go like just go with what's going on and see what happens see yeah. what narrative is going on in your you're not life. trying to fight it you want to enjoy it like you let it go where it goes right yeah I've, I've never gone so far with mushrooms where i was just like oh, i've lost reality yeah 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 and again last about five hours the cannabis an edible will last you about three to five hours. And again, it takes 45 minutes, maybe an hour to kick in for most people. Um, if you smoke cannabis, it's going to kick in in about 15 minutes, but it'll last about an hour and a half, maybe an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. um, and so every hour and a half or so you're, you're smoking to kind of re up again. Um, anything else on shrooms? Nope. I think that covers it pretty well. All right. Let's, uh, Let's talk about this one. Ooh. 
So we're looking here at LSD. This was an article about microdosing LSD. So that square heart uh -huh. is cut into quarters, and that one quarter is there by the tweezers. Um, we could talk about microdosing at the end about all of these kinds of things. But uh, LSD, what are your thoughts and impressions of uh, of this? Every time I've done it, I'm always like, I cannot believe this tiny little square is going to make me feel this way for mm -hmm. 12, 12 hours. hours. Yeah. It's so small. So be careful with those. Don't do this on a Sunday night before you go to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this is actually probably out of shrooms or LSD. I, I like this one better. It's, it's just cleaner. It's more measured. It's, uh, longer but you know if you plan for it it's yeah. it's it's awesome yeah like i guess we should have said with shrooms some people will um throw up with mushrooms mm. it upsets their stomach have you seen that before? yeah um i know people who have that experience i'll get a little nauseous but not enough yeah. to throw up uh, but Same. i know other people that do and they basically plan on throwing up or taking medicine that keeps them from throwing up every time they take yeah, them yeah 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 lsd is not not the case. I've never been nauseous on LSD. I really haven't heard of people throwing up on LSD, but I have with shrooms. Mm. Any other thoughts on uh, on acid before I share a few? Um, I just not too long ago did some of this in 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 Italy too, and I've been wanting for so long to go to um, a museum, an art museum, and. I finally mm. checked that off my list, man. It was incredible. Went to this museum in Venice. If anyone's been there, um, we we uh, got in there and just every art piece was just so amazing. It's probably not the the best museum in the whole wide world, but just every art piece. There was statues in there that moved me to tears. Um, the ceilings that moved me to tears. Just maps that moved me to tears tapestries <laughs> a friend of ours explained how tapestries were made and it just blew my mind how a tapestry is made especially way back then um yeah lsd is a interesting interesting drug so it lasts a lot longer it, it feels to me as though very similar to shrooms same same some people they're kind of cousins to each other totally different and yeah i was like pleasantly surprised that they're very similar i think yeah just that lsd lasts significantly longer mm -hmm. um i've only used lsd twice once as a teenager once as an adult and both experiences were incredible just like with the shrooms colors are all over shapes are all over if you close your eyes it's like being in a rainbow kaleidoscope yeah. Um, if you keep your eyes open, I mean, the world around you is is there. Like reality is there, but it's constantly bending and shifting and moving, and not to the degree that you can't walk. Like I, I can walk. I can get pour myself a drink. I can sit on a couch. Um, again, wouldn't recommend driving under any of these things. Um, but it's a very visual experience. And your brain is being told by the medicine what to think. And so you can't quite control where your thoughts go again. Um, but LSD was, again, uh, these things for me are a little more lonely, disconnected. But I got a lot of value from it. I, I don't really like to do it around people because I can be too, I have too much energy and I'm kind of overwhelming everybody. 
I'm talking too much. I know I'm, you get talkative for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, too overwhelming to where I'm kind of interfering with other people's experiences. And I'd much rather kind of just be off of my own um, mm. doing that. But really cool. And again, I, I credit these things with playing a huge part in my own self-improvement in my life. Like they've been huge tools. Yeah. Quick story with LSD. Um, have you ever heard of reparenting mm -mm. on LSD? I, I heard it before and kind of studied how to do it a little bit. And it, it's this idea that it can bring up memories. And you talked about it a little bit with mushrooms, but LSD will do the same. Um, and so I wanted to work through some things of my childhood. So I, um, I had a picture of myself when I was a kid and I just kind of stared at it for a minute. And it took me into this memory of, of kind of a traumatic memory of, of my childhood. And um, I got to just kind of reparent myself and, and talk to myself as an adult, mm. but just say, it's okay. Um, I went through the whole experience again. Um, I even went and had a conversation with my parents and said the things I probably should have back then. Um, but just got to put a happy ending to it where there wasn't one before. Mm. So um, kind of a cool experience. I, I think I benefited a lot from it. I feel like I'm... I'm less held back by it from, yeah. from that experience. And anyway, LSD allowed me to do that. Yeah. So I want to make sure I articulate this right. Um, I have friends who have similar experiences to that. And th some of my friends think, like, they're like, look, I, I get it. I'm, I'm a skeptic of crazy ideas. Yeah. And yet... In under that drug, it seemed as though I went back in time and talked to my younger self and really did time travel and help, you know, solve some problems. <laughs> Got an and, and I don't DeLorean. Right. I don't believe that. But I also, having used these things, recognize how real that can feel. Yeah. Did you think you actually went back and talked to your younger self? <laughs> no, but it, it changed something in my mind in that it felt like I had. Yeah. You know what I'm that, yeah, that makes no sense unless you've done these things. But yeah, it felt like um I had healed. It felt like therapy, really, Bill. I mean, I think you could go into a therapist's room and do some of these similar things, reparent yourself, yeah. go back through the trauma, and then mm -hmm. reparent yourself. This just brings it to <laughs> to a very real feel and and like you're really there. And maybe I should do it this way this time or yeah. whatever. Your brain perceives it as a real experience. Hence, it acts as though it's real. Yeah. So it's as if you really did go back and talk to your younger self because your brain experienced it as that. I don't think I really got in a time machine and right. talked to myself. Right. <laughs> but your brain got tricked into thinking but so. But I think I healed myself. From yeah. Through it. Yeah. That's super cool. Like I've had friends say that, that they went back and talked to their younger self and they really resolved things that they were carrying for decades. Well, isn't that the best therapist too that can help you kind of heal yourself? Yeah. The best therapists like just help you see yourself and help you heal yourself. And so these can be very therapeutic in that realm. Yeah. We should probably talk here for a moment about microdosing because cannabis, shrooms, and LSD folks will microdose those. 
Um, I think shrooms are probably the easiest to do that with. Um, so rather than take 2.5 grams, people will take 0.1 gram yeah. or 0.2 grams. Once you get up to about a half a gram, you're going to not really be in the microdosing range anymore. Mm -hmm. You're going to be leaning towards having a full mushroom experience, though lighter mm -hmm. than a two and a half or a five. Um, but some folks claim, and, and Sam Harris has something to say about this. Some folks claim that by taking 0.1, they are much more creative. They're much more at peace with their life. Yeah. They're much more calm in tough situations. So there's a lot of folks out there who microdose for their employment. They, they do something for a living and they microdose in the morning and it helps them to be better at what they do. Um, some folks argue that that's not enough to do anything, but we all know that at some point it does do something. Um, Sam Harris talks about this. Like there is an argument that point one is not effective, even though people believe it is, maybe it's the placebo effect. Mm -hmm. His argument is, look, it's magic mushrooms. If they take enough of it, it absolutely does something. Every single human being would have an experience that would be beyond their understanding. Um, when folks have psilocybin experiences and, it, and it's something unique to them, like it's their first time doing it, most people come back and say that's the most influential, um, important experience of their life. Yeah. Um, so microdosing, even if you want to believe that point one doesn't work, microdosing at some point does work. And people would think new thoughts and it does, I think, help creativity. My experience has been, it does help creativity. Definitely. I mean, you can look at tons of bands that are influenced by these things from the Beatles to a lot of our favorite reggae bands. Yeah. So there's a reason our artists tend to use drugs mm -hmm. and tend to be incredible creators of music, poetry, books, um, you know, all kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, the artists, the artists certainly spend time generally in this space. Yeah. Any other thoughts on microdosing? Nope. Okay. So let's, uh, let's go to MDMA and we can talk about that for a moment. I'm going to put a couple of pictures up on the screen here. So MDMA and it's like when it's made, it's in this like crystal form, that's these little the rocks, stuff, huh? that's the stuff. And, um, when I've seen this in the past, I've seen it in this form yeah. of just somebody grinding it up and putting it into little capsules. Um, and then I know I've never had it this way, but when you go to a rave or something, when people are doing ecstasy, they're often in these funny little colored shapes with stamps and things on them. Mm -hmm. I'm much more nervous about this right here um, because you hear so many horror stories of people diluting it down and adding bath salts and yeah. other kinds of dangerous chemicals. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not reckon this is totally illegal. I would not recommend folks go out and buy an illegal drug, but I know people who have, and they've bought test kits so that they could test the purity of it. And they were hundred percent sure that it was hundred percent pure before they took the drug. Um, so that for people who are going to buy it again, I wouldn't cause it's illegal, but for those who are going to buy it, uh, you, there are ways to test it and to make sure that it's pure. Um, but MDMA or Molly or ecstasy, those three names are all essentially describing the same drug. Um, ecstasy tends to be the word used much more in the party scene. And you just want to be careful of other substances mixed in with it. Uh, any thoughts on Molly generally? And we'll jump into a conversation on it. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, and ecstasy, it seems like, was used more like in the 90s and early 2000s, and now it's Molly. But it, from my understanding, it's all pretty similar. Sometimes it's cut with some caffeine or cut with way more dangerous things. So yeah, be careful. Don't just take something someone gives you at a concert or at a rave or whatever. Yeah. Um, what would you say about Molly in terms of your thoughts on it and um, what contributes to a good experience? So with MDMA or Molly, it is not visual. So you're not going to see the blendings or the tall grass and the leaves and trees swaying or breathing. Um, what it is, is totally connecting to other humans. This is where if you have a significant other, that's where you want them to be around <laughs> so you can touch them. Yeah. And skin feel feels amazing. Yeah. Um, this drug more than all the others we've talked about has been really um, interesting in my experience. Uh, ego, uh, and I'll, I'll say it this way, as I understand it, ego drops almost completely. You really don't, um, if you're in a conversation, so uh, again, I, you can go do it at a rave. You can go do it in that way. My understanding is that the best experiences are going to be had, as you said earlier, with your significant other, with friends that you love and trust. And what uh, those experiences can look like is your ego drops off. You can give criticism and take criticism about the things that you're messing up on in your life. Yeah. And those will be heard the right way and they will be responded to the right way mm -hmm. by both sides. You will feel an immense amount of um, appreciation for the other human beings. Like you'll know, like there's other human beings and they're really doing the best they can. And these guys are really incredible. And I really love these people. Um, as you pointed out, skin will feel amazing. Um, again, as I understand, you could easily end up in like uh, on the living room floor, just a bunch of people just cuddling each other. A lot of cuddle puddles yeah. come from, from Molly for sure. And people think like you're all just going to end up having sex with each other. No, it, that hasn't been my understanding at all. Yeah, I neither. Um, I think if you really are intent on that, if you're spending time with your significant other and that's what you want to do, right. I think you can get there. But I don't think this drug is really conducive to a lot of sexuality because your body's not exactly functioning normal. Correct. Right. So, <laughs> right. you know, George Costanza shrinkage. Yeah. And, and yeah. You're not yeah. really, uh, you're not really able to get aroused uh, right. as easily. Right. And, and so it, and, 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 and I don't yeah, feel I don't, it. I don't yeah. think that way. I've tried on molly just me and my lady and it, it's hard to complete yeah to come to completion you can get aroused or whatever but to full on yeah as a male it was it was very 10 hard. seconds in a new thought enters and boom. yeah and then you just want to talk about yeah. stuff and say how much you love each other and yeah yeah it's an easy way to reconnect with the people you love especially your significant other and fall in love all over again and work through really serious complications in a relationship. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you explained it beautifully how not only can you say things that you might not dare to say, but you can also hear things that might hurt a little bit, but then you react in such a great way. And 
with all of these drugs, it's just, it. I think integration is huge. And what I mean by that is after you've done them, it shows you some parts of yourself integrated into your life. Yeah. So it showed me the, the correct way to talk to my spouse, a more kind way. Mm. And when, when she comes to Amen. me with a problem, yeah. I'm not freaking out on her. You know, if, you can really resolve a lot of issues on Molly. It's it's pretty incredible drug that way. I've heard folks refer to like one night of MDMA was like 10 years of therapy. And these folks had been in therapy and they're like, look, I've gone to therapy. Yeah. Three years of therapy would never have gotten me where this one night of this got me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it seems deeply helpful to building relationship with people that you already love and trust um, and with your significant other, other, most importantly, um, there's such a depth, uh, to folks when they've done this, how they think about each other going forward. Like everybody just loves each other more, understands each other more. Um, there's so much more room to let people be who they are. Yeah. Any other thoughts? I've been, I'm sitting here trying to think of like an example of things that we've worked through. You know, some of them are super personal, so I wouldn't, but it's just things simple. Like, you know, if you're married to someone for long enough, or if you have a friend long enough, there will be things that rub you wrong. Yeah. And so as simple as like the toilet seat being up or the, the way you chew your food or whatever, yeah. you can discuss it on this yeah. stuff. And, and hey, look, I the hate the way you chew your food. Yeah. You're right. I could chew my food better. <laughs> yeah. You know, like people hear criticism. I do brush like a moron. Yeah. <laughs> so you can make changes that you wouldn't have been able to make because your walls went up and you the next day take some of that insight with you and you're better for it. Yeah. Um, dosage here. My understanding is the first time you, people take this, they'll tend to take about 80 milligrams i think to 120 milligrams About 120 yeah um the more you... that's on like the low end that's <laughs> on like the smart end that's on people that are not party goers. oh yeah party goers will do triple that yeah yeah 600 800 milligrams and go to a rave and so when you hear about people having health issues collapsing heart stopping all these kinds of things that are horror stories that do happen they tend to be extremely high dose uh, party scene kind of stuff. This is much lower. Yeah. Be smart with it. Don't go crazy. Do, don't do much more than 120, especially if it's your first time. Yeah. Um, this is, I think, more dangerous than LSD or mushrooms yeah. or cannabis. Yeah. As far as dosage goes. Yeah. Um, bad effects and, and lasting effects of depression afterwards if yeah. you're not dosing right and you're not integrating correctly. Because it just... Mm -hmm flows out a whole bunch of love and then the next day you you might be down I, I haven't really felt that but i definitely know friends that have felt that like, like your serotonin your dopamine those yeah. receptors get flooded that night now three days later you're essentially empty yeah and if you are prone to the blues if you're prone to depression uh you're much more likely to fall into a heavy depression a few days later mm -hmm. um, that would take some time to get out of even just an average person tends to feel a little sad for a day or two as they're kind of recuperating from the use of this. And then there's ways to combat that. There's 5-HTP, there's some vitamins, you know, a lot of vitamins and minerals are kind of zapped in these um, 
these times, these sessions. So, you know, read up on it and uh, be smart about it. But this can be really helpful with PTSD too, not not just relationship wise, but this is the one that really helps with uh, PTSD. And everybody's carrying trauma. Everybody's had things happen to them that uh, have hurt you, have absolutely have caused some uh, serious damage to how you see the world and how you respond to the world. Yeah, the soldier is brought up a lot, but we all, everyone's worst thing that happened to them was the worst thing to happen to them. Yeah, and, and their brain reacts that way. So yeah, and uh, there there's a lot of good that's going to come from this drug in the future as uh, this becomes approved for therapeutic uses uh, going forward. Yeah. From what I understand, this is close to being legal. Yeah. Uh, I think they were saying 2023, you should start to see actual therapies start to, to uh, sprout up and be able to help people using this medication. Yeah. I've definitely heard of clinics in Oregon and in Denver yeah. being able to do it already yep. just in a trial sessions. Yep. Um, I hear water's really nice with this. You'd want to have a hot tub or a pool nearby. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Music, but not crazy music, just some soft music in the background. Yeah. This is really a moment to sit with people you care about and have really deep, real conversations yeah. about how each of you can show up in the world as a better person and to let each other know how much you love and appreciate each other uh, and you you respect and honor their humanity. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, music and MDMA is not like the perfect match made in heaven. Nor is food. You yeah. won't eat, will you? You won't eat for that. And we'll say it lasts like four hours. Four hours, I think, is average. Yeah. So it's a it's an evening. <laughs> Some people will take the 120. They'll bump with another 60 two hours later or something. Um, I know people who kind of redose have taken a couple shots of alcohol just as it's starting to come on, and that tends to kind of uh, increase the feeling on the front end of it. Um, but this is really about no ego and lots of love and concern for people around you. Yeah. Uh, let's do the last one. Any funny stories of MDMA? Nothing too funny. Just really connective, really. <laughs> yeah. No, not, nothing too funny. You'll see this represented in movies and cartoons from time to time. There's an adult cartoon, Family Guy, where uh, the dad takes it. And suddenly he's like taking his clothes off and he's like, oh my gosh, the cat feels so good. The couch feels so good. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, there's also uh, a movie, uh, No Regrets. What's uh Yeah, what is that? The We Are the Millers or something? We Are the Millers. I think, is it yeah. in there they use it? Yeah. And so the woman and the man go to a party and they took it and they're just really loving and kind to everyone. Yeah. So you, you kind of, once you've used it, when it's used in a movie, you can easily see like, oh, I know which one they're using there. I know what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did one. I did some MDMA once at a reggae festival. And uh, it is kind of funny. It turns you into a hippie really fast. Yeah. Like, I'm dancing with like hairy armpitted women pretty, yeah. pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Excellent. And they're probably on Molly also. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I just danced with this bearded guy and he was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. All right. And then the last one I want to talk about is uh, ayahuasca. And we'll throw this one up here on uh, on the screen. So this is the brew. It's made with two different plants that are actually nowhere near each other in the jungle. Mm. And to this day, nobody knows how somebody found these two and combined them. Put them in a stew. And the, uh, the legends among the Central American and South American culture 
is that the medicine called the shaman to it. Like I said, hey, like basically this shaman gets this impression that mm. the plants go like, hey, you should put us together. Yeah. Go over here and grab me and come over here and grab me and yeah. put us together and brew us. Because what ends up happening is insanity. Yeah, it is cool that somebody figured it out. I, I, don't, I don't prescribe to like somebody told them to. I think humans have been trying to alter their experience from the beginning of time. Yeah, I think um, everywhere except maybe Antarctica, people have put two plants together and smoked it to see what happens. Yeah, uh, put two plants together. <laughs> don't do that it. at home. <laughs> um, a lot, a lot of the lore is cool, um, but I, I think it was trial and error. A lot of this, I think, um, it was probably just flavor and what see what happens. Then it was like, wow, we got something here. So they took these two plants, they make a brew, they boil it until it kind of uh, thins down. I shouldn't say thins, but thickens up and uh, there's less than an amount in the pot. And what you end up with is like this red juice. <laughs> and the only way I can describe it, I did ayahuasca once, you've done ayahuasca once. The only way I can describe it is it's like rancid barbecue sauce. Oh, yeah. Does that, does that sound familiar? Like sweat barbecue. Yeah. Drink. And at first you're like, that's not bad. But immediately you're like, I don't want to drink any more of this. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty nasty. And you're not drinking it for flavor, though. No. <laughs> um, uh, yours was with a shaman as well. Yeah. Nobody's really doing this recreationally. No. It, it would be absurd. You're not going to be able to get up and go to the bathroom on your own. No. You're going to blast off so far away from planet Earth that you will have no choice but to have people who help you in that space or at least are there to make sure that you stay safe. Yeah. And so the shaman that we had was very hands-on, very much helped us. Hmm. Uh, he had two females with him. They did this ritual. In the middle of the ritual, he said, let me just tell you, don't ask me what this ritual is about. I don't even know. Huh. Like, it's just here to set up a space where you think something's happening. So he's doing some of the, in, the the chants, some of the songs and stuff. Blowing tobacco in the room. He's got different um, oils and stuff that he's like spritzing around the room. Spritzing. Um, yeah. And uh, he had the ayahuasca at a little table altar. Uh, he had his helpers who were singing songs. Uh, people came up and took the medicine. You got a small amount. About a half hour later, if you closed your eyes, it was like mushrooms, but exponentially more yeah shapes colors kaleidoscope type thing if you opened your eyes it was normal world again for about another half an hour once mm. about an hour in it was insanity and you have no choice where you go it's not <laughs> like you go i'm gonna go talk to my dead grandma no 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 it's like the medicine says oh no you're gonna drown on a river in a raft you know you're gonna yeah. you're gonna you're gonna go uh talk to your um uh the person who abused you, you're going to go talk to your dead grandma. Like, like it takes you where it wants you to go. Absolutely. To the point where the thing the shaman told us was that the medicine is the teacher. Yeah. And let her, let her work. They, they often call her grandmother. Grandma Aya. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mine was pretty similar in, in that sequence of events. Um, yeah. Were you on your own? Did the shaman, whoever you had, administer the ritual and stay around to walk you guys through it? Were they there to comfort you and help you, or were you like, were they like, "Fuck you, go off in the woods and fucking have your experience"? 
So my setting, I think, was way different than your setting. My setting was out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, dirt road for two hours. And then it's just kind of like this little oasis with different kind of shanties. And we had this big, like, tent in the middle. Um, really cool setup. Um, the facilities weren't great. Like, the toilet was like a hole in the ground with, mm. the, to with the toilet seat on a yeah. piece of wood. Yeah. Um, the puke buckets that you hear about, this was just puke out in the sagebrush. Um, we really didn't get to puking. Did you puke? A lot. <laughs> yeah. A lot. And it was good. It feels so good. You but, really are purging. You're getting rid of things that need to come out. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I quick story. I, I had insomnia for a lot of years. I worked graveyards and then I worked, I was a school teacher for a lot of years. And I just had a hard time sleeping. I mean, hard time sleeping. I think most adults have hard time sleeping. I uh, really helped in this category. And it just took me through a bunch of conversations and all types of things where I kind of had this self-belief that I was a bad boy. That things in, from my childhood made me have this self-belief that I was this a bad boy. Just the, the default was... Mm you're bad. Mm. And I think a little, little bit was that religious upbringing. And so after that night of hard, hard visuals, like you said, you close your eyes, things are just spinning around in different shapes than on any other mm. psychedelic, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Shapes you've, you know, they call like sacred geometry, some mm -hmm. of these shapes, but this was no geometry that I've ever seen before. And he had like some candles going and there's other people in your party throwing up. Um, but this, this shaman, he was just such the real deal. He, he would do some songs that would really calm you and some chants. And he had like a big stand-up bass that he played. I think it was a cello probably, but, um, and then a fire that you'd sit around the fire and and I was tripping the whole night almost, Bill. And it seemed like everyone else was coming out of it. I was still seeing stuff. Mm. We went up and had some soup, and I was still seeing stuff. Mm. We're talking four in the morning. People are going to bed. People have already gone to bed, and I'm still, like, in the tripping state. Mm. And so I'm laying there. Everyone else is asleep, and I'm just like, this will never end. It is the first and only time I've ever felt that like mm. panic of like mm -hmm. this trip will never end. I'm I broke my brain or something. Yeah. And I hear a voice saying, You're a good boy. And I automatically fight it. And I'm so weak. I've thrown up uh 50 times at least mm. already. So, mm -hmm. and you don't even know where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. You know, you're throwing up a volume of something. And after the third, fourth time, you're like, how do I still have something in my system? Right. How many mm -hmm. times did you throw up? I would say 50 as well, dude. And it's like, yeah. where is this coming from? Yeah. Like every cell of your body must be just like purging also. And so at the end of the night and this voice said, Get up and go take a pee, and I'll re release you from this. And so I got up. It took 10 minutes to stand up. 
I'm like, like on all fours, yeah. crawling over to the bathroom, relate to that, to the bathroom, and like leaning on the wall, getting my feet underneath me, standing up, pulling my little wiener out, and I went pee, and as soon as I started peeing, I'd stop tripping, and I'd slept great ever since then. Mm. Now, situationally, I'll have a bad night of sleep. Something stressful is coming yeah. up. But my default was just, you're a bad boy. And now it's like, you're a good boy. I love that. I, I can relate to a lot of that. When, when we say purging, I don't, I don't really think you're throwing up trauma. But you're in your head thinking about things that need to be worked through. The shaman, the medicine, uh, uh, let me say it this way. When our shaman had him and his two helpers play music, they would play songs that on a guitar. Mm-hmm. And then they had a couple other instruments. And again, I don't remember very well what they were, but they had multiple instruments. And I know he had a guitar. And they'd play certain songs. And certain songs would call people in the room to purge. So the music would start to play. And all of a sudden you'd hear, oh, uh, oh, <laughs> uh, uh. And uh, next thing you know, they're just throwing up into their bucket. Everybody gets a bucket. Yep. And we were inside. There was 14 of us, I think, 11 of us, 14 of us, something like that. And we were in just one room uh, in a circle with our feet into the middle of the circle on, like, exercise mats, yoga mats. And the song would start playing. People would start, <laughs> like, knowing they're going to throw up. It's working that way. So then three or four people would throw up. Because that song was something they need to work through. And it's not like a normal throw up where someone mm. throwing up makes you sick. Like, oh, dude, if you throw up, I'm going to throw up. No. Like, well, like alcohol would do it to you, you know. But this is like, it's usually tied to an emotion. Mm-hmm. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Like, you're feeling some sort of way about life, mm-hmm. about a relationship. Mm-hmm. And it kind of builds up and then you throw it up. Yeah. So it's. 100% in my experience tied to an emotion these throw ups it's not tied to a smell Mm-mm. or Mm-mm. yeah and when you were throwing up when i was throwing up i'm like yes i am so glad i'm throwing up <laughs> because i i knew that this was something this is some experience that i needed to purge myself of whatever emotion or baggage was with it and then the next song would play and it would call those same people to stop throwing up so the next song would start playing and you'd suddenly hear like the throwing up would start reducing and it would get calm again. And then for a song or two, it'd be calm. Change their emotion probably. Then he'd play another song and it would touch something else that touched four or five other people in the room. Mm. And now you hear them heaving. Wow. Um, the music was, a, the music was, a, if there's one thing I wish I could duplicate or replicate outside of that experience, it would be for the music to sound the way it did. Our shaman and these two women helping him, their voices, it was like, multi-dimensional all over the room he would sit right next to one person and sing to them wow and you would feel like he was sitting on your other side of you you know mm. and you would feel like the song was just for you or just for them you could tell like he knew was certain it, songs was, were for in english the things they were saying mm-hmm. the words mm-hmm. okay one lady sang a song about being an, a mother eagle and she had a whole costume so we're all the other thing too is when a you take yes, of an eagle. when you take this medicine, the entire environment changes. I, the way it was, I was in someone's living room, a room I'd been in before. I know this person. I felt safe in their home. I knew most of the people in the circle. Um, as I sat in that circle, took the medicine. By the time I'm fully into the experience, the room has turned into an apocalypse. Like people <laughs> oh, are in hazmat suits. Um, it it feels like it's a. Um, 
uh, like like if your country's at war and you cross the border and you're in some other country and you're intense on the country, you know, the mountainside, it felt like that. Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Detroit. So clean water and all. Um, the environment was so altered. And um, the lady had a costume on and she it, it was like eagle wings. And as she sang this song, all of us are crying. Dang. Um, and we're all connecting with each other. We're connecting with the shaman and his helpers. We're connecting with our past and the potential of our future. And no one will understand it who hasn't, like you said in the beginning, no one will understand any of these things who haven't done them. And if you've done shrooms, you still don't understand ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah I agree. If you've done cannabis, you don't understand shrooms. If you've done any of those things, you don't understand Molly. And you really have to experience it to know. And my suggestion is ayahuasca could never be used recreationally, but once every five years or so, I'd like to do it. And I've only done it once so far. Is that the the, the pull is about every five mm. years? Because I know people like Aubrey Marcus has done it a ton of times. Yeah. Not that I know him, but on his podcast, he talks about it a lot. Like 12, 13 times, like, holy crap, man. I, I don't think I could do it more than every couple of years, every two, three years. Yeah. I always tell people I would love to do it tomorrow and I will never do it again. <laughs> okay. That, that's a good way to explain it. Because in any moment it's tempting because what you learn on it is worth it. Yeah. And the experience can be, even in its pleasure can be hell. Yeah. Um, no, I thought I, I really thought I was going to die out there in the desert. I thought I was inches away from death. I, uh, I thought this was never going to end. I was just going to be s s trapped in this mindset. And uh, then I took a pee and it was all good. <laughs> and the medicine told you if you take a pee, you'll be all good. Yeah. And I had that kind of experience too. I had a panic attack the second night. We did it two nights. You, did you do it one or two nights? Two nights. The second night I had a panic attack at the beginning and I literally thought I was going to die. I thought I was having a heart attack. Let's call the ambulance. <laughs> and that took about an hour to subside. Once Ugh. it subsided, I ended up sharing the consciousness with some chimpanzee from, you know, 200,000 years ago. <laughs> and I learned like how ancient primate relatives of humans started to think thoughts that were human thoughts and started to create rituals. Wow. And yes. And how to come up with annual ceremonies and rituals so that the tribe could put their traumas behind them that they had done to each other. And it was this incredible experience. <laughs> I woke up the next morning and thought, I'm going to write a book on this. <laughs> and I realized Terrence McKenna had already done the same thing. Yeah. He'd already had the same experience. Yeah. Um, ayahuasca was insanely valuable and just flat out insane. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, there were people in our circle who dealt with child abuse from they just for the first time realized that their their uncle or their grandfather had molested them. And they were dealing with that. Other people, uh, one friend was on a raft going down a river and he falls off his raft. He's drowning and his friends nearby are trying to console him. So they're putting a hand out to comfort him and they're uh, comforting him in this moment. He thinks he's drowning. Uh, somebody went and talked to their dead ancestors. Yeah. Uh, I had this experience with the monkey. Um, another person just had visuals all night where they just saw sacred geometry all night. Um my laugh, I noticed I laughed more innocently when I laughed on it. Hmm. And I've taken that laugh with me. 
Yeah. Like it's almost like all of us out of shame change ourselves yeah. to be something that the world will accept. And for some of us, we even changed our laughs. Mm. And so everybody's laugh was more innocent and childlike. Wow. Um, my wife and I at one moment, we were laughing at something, but we both had no clue what we were laughing at, but we knew we had an inside secret that no one else knew, mm. even though we didn't know it either. <laughs> and for an hour, we just giggled oh, at each other. Nice. And it was so, it was so incredible. Yeah, I would beautiful. recommend it for everyone. And it was scary as hell. Yeah. That all, that's all sounds. Yep. Any other thoughts from you on ayahuasca? Um, I would say just a disclaimer, like if you have insomnia, don't, going don't go and say okay fix me of this yeah if you have anything any of these drugs it's like it could and maybe it, it won't you know yeah. I, I've, I've heard of people um being cured of lifelong stuttering by doing a crap load of lsd mm. yeah i've heard that too we don't have enough studies to prove any of these things yeah on a larger scale to be 100 like i wouldn't say if you have insomnia ayahuasca will heal you i wouldn't say that i wouldn't no. make that claim but it healed you but it really really 100 i slept great ever since yeah um i think it's good to take in to, to be reflective going into an experience and to be aware that you're using it as a tool i i think it's great to have some sort of intention going in. But as you're pointing out, like the medicines, the teacher, if you go in going, the only thing I'm going to accept tonight is if I get to talk to my dead mom or I get to, right. I get to work on my marriage or I get to overcome this bad mechanism I've got, then you're going to really probably limit the kind of experience you can have. Yeah. You really need to go in and let the medicine be the teacher. Yeah. I, I love the, the idea that, um, People that are searching for truth are the people that I love. People that have found it, I don't trust them. Mm. So I don't know if you've seen this. Mm -hmm. so people will take this drug and then all of a sudden they're puffed up. They think they're the expert. They're the expert on yeah. life now. Mm -hmm. They'll write a book, like you said. Like I thought about writing a book even. Yeah. You know, some people will just get so full of themselves on this stuff or yeah. or opposite. They'll they'll feel so horrible about yeah. themselves. So um yeah, just stay with that mindset of like searching for truth. Yeah. And it'll show you some truths. Yeah. But don't get into this like, okay, this is how it's done. This is the perfect answer for everything that ails you. Yeah. I, I will say that an MDMA experience and the ayahuasca experience were the most fundamental to opening me up and telling and making it clear to me that I didn't know shit and that, <laughs> and that I wasn't as good in the world as I thought I was. Mm. And from those two experiences, which were near each other, about a year within each other, from those two experiences forward, I really recognize like every human is doing the best they can. We mm. all have things to learn and to overcome about our own behaviors and to take seriously the work that goes into becoming a better human. So that, it, that helped you like see others more clearly mm. and be give a lot more slack to lot everyone more slack to them yeah you are good at that bill you're good at just letting people be people and that's cool that this helped you yeah get there yeah and same back at you by the way i think you're also very 
good at letting people be them, even if you notice like, ah, I wouldn't do it that way. And maybe it's a little abrasive. Maybe it's a lot abrasive, but like, I get it. Like they're doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I don't know if you've always been that way. I, 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 I like to tell myself I was always that way, but I wasn't. Mm. And these tools within the last five years or so have really made a huge difference in that. Wow. Cool. Um, anything else we need to say here about any of those? No, man. I think we hopefully helped uh, some people out. Yep. I want to finish with a quote from Sam Harris. I really think it puts the uh, exclamation point on the things we've shared today. He said, quote, I have two daughters who will one day take drugs. Of course, I will do everything in my power to see that they choose their drugs wisely. But a life lived entirely without drugs is neither foreseeable nor, I think, desirable. I hope they someday enjoy a morning cup of tea or coffee as much as I do. If they drink alcohol as adults, as they probably will, I will encourage them to do it safely. If they choose to smoke marijuana, I will urge moderation. Tobacco should be shunned, and I will do everything within the bounds of a decent within the bounds of decent parenting to steer them away from it. Needless to say, if I knew that either of my daughters would eventually develop a fondness for methamphetamine or crack cocaine, I might never sleep again. But if they don't try a psychedelic like psilocybin or LSD at least once in their adult lives, I will wonder whether they missed one of the most important rites of passage a human being can experience. And you and I both come from a system that told us to stay away from all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it promised that it had real exper- spiritual experiences for us to have. Right. And the reality is these things gave us experiences that were much more significant and much more deeply leading to real change and growth yeah, than any experience we had in that system. Uh-huh. Same? Oh, yeah. Uh, from that system, I felt like I was a bad boy. I, as a child, made bad choices, but... I really didn't. I mean, I'm a good boy, man. (laughs) Right. And you are like, you're a good human being. And the trouble is us humans, like we have pieces of ourselves, uh, our sexual identity. um, Maybe we want to swear. Maybe we're drawn to be, to use curse language. Maybe we set certain boundaries and we're firm with family that's unhealthy. Whereas before we let them walk all over us Mm -hmm. and people tell you like, you having boundaries makes you bad because you should allow people to walk all over you. Mm-hmm. Um, and systems seem to uh, groom us to um, to go along with things and to do what the system says we're supposed to do. And so anytime you challenge uh, the status quo, you're often seen as a bad person. Anytime you do something outside the box of accepted morals and values, you're labeled a bad person when in reality you're just showing up human differently. Mm. Um, and, and so as you're pointing out, like the medicine shows you like, Hey, you're just a piece of the universe doing your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Anything else? No, man. Appreciate you having me on. Cool. All right. We will uh, take off from here. This has been a, a fantastic, I think, I hope it's very helpful to each of you watching and listening uh, episode of the almost awakened podcast uh, for my friend, my friend, Fen here and myself. We wish everybody a good day, be safe, and uh, and be careful. This has been another Almost Awakened episode. Check us out at almostawakened.org, where you can check out past episodes, make a donation to keep this podcast running, email us a question or comment, 
or find out more about the resources shared in today's episode. For coaching opportunities or extra support, visit nonsensespirituality.com to meet with certified spiritual director, Brittany Hartman.